0: You guys ready? Yep. Let's pray. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name. It's good to be strong. Father, in Jesus' name, we just come before you tonight. Holy Spirit, welcome in this place. We thank you that you are the teacher. You are the one that gives revelation. You're the one that opens our eyes. Father God, as we get into your word tonight, we thank you that you, we are attentive that we listen with our hearts, we are not just getting information, but we are getting revelation tonight, in Jesus' name, and everyone who receives that, say, amen, Amen. and we just bind the spirit of confusion or anything else that came in with some people tonight, and we just command it to go right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, what I want to talk about tonight and what we're going to talk about for the next two weeks, you guys, and I don't want to rush it, I don't want to push it, if I get 25% through my notes, we'll just pick it up next week, I'm not, I'm not going to try to just, you know, cram everything in, but I want to talk about the Bible and the end times, okay? So it's a wide subject, it's a big subject, you can spend some time on a lot of different areas, but I like I said, I, I don't want to rush it, we'll take our time with it hopefully bring some understanding to you. What what I found is um, there are people who know very little about um, the Bible and what it says about the end times. There are some people who know enough about what the Bible says about the end times that they're just afraid of life in general. Everything that happens, you know, back in 1978 when credit cards came out, everyone was like, oh, my goodness, the mark of the beast, and they live in fear and, you know, things like that. So some people know enough just to dangerously be in fear constantly. But the Bible has a lot to say about it. We're going to talk about that tonight. And, uh, and I believe you will be blessed. Amen? So for me personally, I tend to look at things through the lens of technology, and I'll explain what that means. The Bible does talk about the mark of the beast. It does talk about a lot of things that are going to happen in the last days. And for me, I try to line it up and I say, Okay, do we actually have the technology now to pull this off? So back in Jesus' day, when they talked about a global currency, they didn't, they didn't have the technology to pull that off for the Antichrist to rise up. So um, I, I'll say this, that you guys are living the closest of any time in history where we can technically pull off the things that are happening in the Bible. And guys, buckle up your seatbelts. We're getting ready for a big, a big ride technologically coming up in the next few years, so um, I have a feeling I'm going to be walking into this a lot. <clears throat> so uh, I'm, not, I'm not an anti-technology, anti-science type of guy, okay? Have you ever heard this before? It's like, um, I don't believe in God, I believe in science. <laughs> and I'm just like, what, is science a religion? Like, what the heck are you even talking about? I believe in science? I believe in science too. What are you saying by that? It's like, well, I'm, I'm an atheist and, and you know, uh, science is, is my belief. Sci- science is the scientific method that you test something and if you can repeat it over and over that something becomes a fact. So to me, science is the amazing discovery of God's creation over and over and over again. I love science because you find out the bigness of God in our universe. And the intricate detail, even at the micro level of what God has done. It's an amazing thing that we see the glory in the creation of God. And people who are real scientists who are who you know, the people who live in the science field say there is there is definitely some fine tuning and someone created this because it's so fine tuned that just just being off just a point zero 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 to the twenty-sixth or the hundredth, we would all be dead. Something is just so perfectly fine-tuned that there has to be something greater than this that did this, okay? And so the whole idea of evolution and things like that, to me, they're not very scientific because you can't scientifically prove them. You can't take an ostrich and create an elephant and things like that. So it's, it's you know, there's, there's a lot. To, it's called the, the theory of evolution, and it's still a theory. Listen, guys, just because you heard it in school, doesn't mean it's true. It's still a theory, okay? It's a theory. Now, when, when my children were growing up, they would, um, <clears throat> they would be in school, and um, sometimes teachers would challenge some of the things they were learning in church, their belief system. And they'd say, Dad, can you give me some scriptures on this? this you know, my teacher is saying this. And normally, I would say, listen, you know, Don't disrespect your teacher. Don't talk back to your teacher. But when your teacher is messing with your child's belief system, especially their biblical belief system, arm them with some scriptures and say, go for it. Go. Go ahead and stand up. Stand on the word of God. I don't care if they're they're an authority. What they're doing is they're trying to rewrite your belief system. And that's a no-no. No. Um, I recently heard my wife and I were talking to someone today, and they said their daughter went to college, and when she went to college, she changed all her views on Christianity and became an unbeliever. To me, if your child can't defend their faith when they're in fourth and fifth grade, they have no chance when they get to college, and someone tries to twist their mind, amen? Let your children have a strong belief. Let them be able to fight for their beliefs. Let them be able to, even if they have to have to refute a teacher and say, I do not believe that we crawled out from slime. Number one, scientifically, there's 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 nothing that proves these giant jumps in there. It's still a theory. And I just believe that God created us. And if they get sent to the principal's office, come down and say, I agree with my child. Take a hike. <clears throat> so I'm not I'm not anti technology and I'm not anti science. In fact, the Catholic Church has a bad track record track record with science and technology. And and uh, let me give you an example. Have you guys ever heard of uh, Galileo before? Galileo, Galileo, yeah. Galileo, Figaro, you know the song from Queen. So <clears throat> he's actually a scientist, right? And so in 1633, Galileo was tried by the Catholic Church for promoting heliocentrism, which means that the planets revolve around the sun. So he just knew from studying the stars that they were revolving around the greater mass, which was the sun. And that contradicted the church's geocentric view of the universe, which meant the planets revolved around Earth, everything revolved around Earth. That's what they believed. <clears throat> and he was found guilty of heresy and forced to recant all his beliefs and placed under house arrest for the rest of his life. Later on, the Catholic Church had to apologize for that type of thing. So sometimes the church gets a little squirrely when it comes to technology and science and things like that. You, you, don't, you don't need to fear it or be afraid of it or, or, or this and that, but we do need to understand it, okay? So over the last five years, you guys, me personally had a uh, interest when things like artificial intelligence and things like that started to come on the scene. Five years ago I started to find out how does it work, how does it do this, you know, and, and, and I dug into it and, you know, interested in it. And now, now we're seeing very practical uses of uh, artificial intelligence with chat, GTP or things like that. And uh, what artificial intelligence does is it takes a data set of knowledge Okay, and it could be any data set. And then it learns that data set and it begins to train itself on it. So you can give it a data set of like chess and it will learn all the chess moves. And by the end of the day, it will teach itself to be better than the best chess champion because it can play that game over a million times in a day. Okay, no tiring, no nothing. So chat GTP, which is, pretty unique is it took the knowledge of the entire internet and gave it to it, and now when you ask it a question, it pulls from that data and it's able to conversationally give you answers that are for most, most part correct. So we're seeing this explosion of AI, and, and this, is, this is my prediction, not, in, not, not anyone else's, okay, so I could be wrong. So in the last 100 years, actually about 123 years, we've seen a giant boom of technology. So from the days before there was an automobile, before the steam engine, before the Industrial Revolution really took in, in the last 123 years till now, we've seen a great advancement of technology. I think we're going to see that same speed of technology even in the next 10 years, which took 123 years. That's how fundamentally changing AI technology will be. It will supercharge everything. It will be involved in everything, okay? And it's, and it's, gonna, ju- it's gonna change things and speed things up. And for the most part, for the good, but 50%, of the AI kind of tech guys say there's a 10% chance that it will turn on, on us and destroy the human race as well. So right now they're trying to think, there was a thousand scientists that said, well, technology leaders that said, whoa, let's slow this down. Let's get some regulation in place. Let's teach it morals. Let's do things like that before it gets out of control because it runs on data sets. So if you give it an evil data set, it will be evil 100%. If you teach it to lie, it will lie like no one else lies. So. there you go so that that's ahead of us and it's a game changer but we read in Daniel chapter 12 check this out guys are you who's who's on the who's on the thing tonight wave at me yay stay with me okay Daniel 12 verse 4 Uh, God God gives glimpses into the end days all throughout the Bible especially in the book of Revelation but he does it in Daniel and in this one verse It says here, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. You guys are living in the day, not in the past 123 years where knowledge increased. You're living in the next decade where it's going to, your head's going to spin because everything will be supercharged with this. AI technology that that takes literally the knowledge of all humankind and puts it at your disposal in different ways. So knowledge is increasing and knowledge will increase, but that is a sign of the end times, you guys. So again, like I said, I'm, I'm looking at these things through the through the lens of technology to a certain degree because we we're a generation that lives in the time where the things that uh, are said in the Bible could actually happen, okay? And there's an, there's an event in the Bible that's just as important as the birth of Jesus, okay, as far as God's timeline is concerned. So the birth of Jesus was the redemption of all mankind. It was the institution of the, the new covenant, and it ushered in God's time of grace. And we're living in that time right now that men would be saved, that there's great grace, there's great forgiveness in the earth And it literally, when that came, it split time in half. When Jesus came, we had B.C. and A.D. created at the birth of Jesus. But there's something just as important in God's timeline, and it's the return of Jesus. So there was the birth of Jesus, but the Bible talks a lot about the return of Jesus Christ. And this event will set off other heavenly timetables. And there's going to be great tribulation and great judgment in this earth because of sin, and, uh, and these will mark the end of times, and what we're doing is we're coming up very close to the return of Jesus, based on some of these Bible events, and we'll talk about it, and we'll get more into it, <clears throat> but check this out. In Acts 6, one, when Jesus left the earth, okay, when Jesus left, it says here in Acts 1, 6 through 11, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the season that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, check this out, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. So Jesus was literally saying, goodbye, the Holy Spirit is coming, and a cloud lifted them up, and they watched him disappear out of their sight, okay? There's only like three people in the Bible that bodily went into heaven, okay? Enoch, Elisha, or was it Elijah? I think it was Elijah. Elijah. Ja, the first one, J before S. Enoch, Elijah, and Jesus taken bodily into heaven, <clears throat> So as we read on, <clears throat> and while they were gazing into heaven, behold, two men stood by them in robes. Who, who is that, you guys? They were angels. All of a sudden, angels appear with them while they're, while they're looking up, and, they, and like, whoa, there's an angel here. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. So Jesus is coming back in the clouds, in glory, returning for his church. The same way he went up is the same way he will return. And in the early church, there was a lot of talk about the return of Jesus. Matthew 24:36. let's read this together. But concerning the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but the father only. So he's talking about the return of Jesus. Jesus is saying, I don't even know when I'm coming back, but God knows. He's going to send me. And these scriptures tell us to be ready for the return of Jesus. There are some people who live a very loose Christian life. And in this day and hour, I would say, don't do that. It says, for as they were in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. What that means, you guys, it will be a surprise. Okay? The Bible did say this, that he has not left us in the dark, that we are able to judge the times and the seasons to know when he is near. Okay? We can know that. But the exact day that he's coming, let let me say this. If someone ever announces that they have Jesus is coming on, like, May 12th, 2024, definitely a false prophet, probably a little cult type of thing. Stay away from that type of stuff. No man is gonna know the hour or the time when he comes, but we can discern the seasons when he will be coming. So not even the son of man, check this out. Then two men will be in the field and one will be taken and one is left, okay? This is called the catching away of the church. Two men in the field, one taken, one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, and one will be taken, and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on the day that your Lord is coming. <clears throat> but in this, but know this: that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would have let his house not be broken into. Therefore, you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And the Bible talks about the catching away of the church. There's a word called the rapture of the church or the catching up. So Jesus will come in the clouds. He will not step on the earth on his first return. He will come and he will take the elect. He will bring the church. He will take those who have been born again with him. And he will take them to them in heaven while they wait for the time of judgment to be released on the earth. Okay? So... There's a scripture in Revelation, oh God, how long, like these are people who have been beheaded and they were under the altar of God. God, how long, how long will it be before you you justify us, before you bring judgment for what has been done to us? So God is going to bring judgment to sin, but he doesn't punish the righteous with the wicked, okay? We see that in in, uh, in, uh, Noah's Ark, okay? Um, Noah and his family were righteous God told them to build an ark and they were saved from the judgment that came to the earth when God decided to um, destroy Sodom and Gomorrah he took Lot and those who were righteous out of the city even though it was just a few he took them out before he rained judgment onto the city and in the time of God's great judgment which is coming soon to the earth if you are ready you will be taken as well there will be Christians who are not ready. The Bible says that some will be ashamed at his coming. Could you imagine that? Like for us, there'll be such a joy when you see Jesus coming in the clouds and you know that you're being taken with him. There'll be others who will be caught doing things that they shouldn't be done, and they'll be ashamed, like Pastor in the movie theater when he was a child. That's a whole other thing. He used to think if if you're caught in the movie theater, even a Billy Graham movie, that you're going to be left behind. So... Yeah, even a Billy Graham movie. Let let me say this. The days of not being an on-fire Christian who is on fire, crucified your flesh, walking in the Spirit, you you need to leave those lazy days away, and you need to go for God all that you can. Because we're coming into a season of great, great move of God and great anointing, and you want to be part of what God's doing in this earth. Amen? So Jesse Duplantis in 1988, some of you guys know who he is. He has a video on YouTube. You can look it up. It's called Close Encounters of the God Kind. God brought him in a visitation of heaven, and he um, got to see different things in heaven. And Jesus turned to him and he said, Jesse, tell them that I'm coming soon. And he goes, Lord, they know that. And he said, no, they don't know that. I am coming soon. And he really, like with fire in his eyes, said, they don't know I'm coming soon. And that was in 1988. How much closer are we now? He is coming soon. And that was the only message when he went to heaven that he was sent back with. Tell him I'm coming soon. Guys, listen. He's coming soon. If you hear anything tonight, he's coming soon. Thank you for coming tonight. Jesus is coming back The catching away of the church Will unleash a time of great judgment on the earth So the Bible calls the days that we're in The end days, the latter times The end of days And there are some actors and some different people That show up in this last time That the Bible talks about Number one, if you read the book of Revelation There is the dragon When you read about the dragon That is literally Satan Ten, Satan, in the earth. The Bible says that um, that Satan, the dragon, was cast out of heaven. The devil, that the devil, that old serpent. So when you read about the dragon, you read about Satan. Then there's the beast, okay? And the beast is the antichrist, <clears throat> as good as we can tell. And we're going to read a little bit about this. Just giving you a little pre. The antichrist is a man or a human who is who dies from a wound, okay? I don't know the wound. So let's picture someone being shot in the head and everyone sees him die, okay? But then miraculously, he's raised up again and comes back to life and everyone sees it, okay? And so that's that's the beast. And then number two is the second beast or the false prophet. So this beast has a false prophet that does all of these signs and wonders to say the beast is real. He is God, and he deceives everyone with all these lying signs and wonders. And then the last one is the image of the beast. And this one's unique to me because it really speaks of technology. So let's read this together in Revelation 13. You guys okay with reading some Bible? Good. Revelation 13, and I saw a beast rising out of the sea. Now remember, guys, when we say beast, we're talking about the Antichrist. Now, look. So the Antichrist is a um, is a um, uh, a person, so to say. But the Bible says that the Antichrist spirit has been in this earth since Jesus left. So anyone who is against the church, anyone who is angry at Christianity, anyone who hates the name of Jesus, there's an Antichrist spirit operating on the inside of them. So this spirit has been around. For a long time, some of you may have even dealt with people in your family that all of a sudden this Antichrist spirit is rising up and coming out of them, but there is literally a time where the Antichrist will come onto the earth. And so I saw a beast rising out of the sea, the Antichrist, with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its head. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, and its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon, Satan, gave his power and his throne and great authority. So the Antichrist, the beast, will have great authority, great power, and it will be given to him by Satan. How, how did Satan get all this power? So if you go, if you go back at the beginning... Adam was given dominion over the whole earth. Adam and his wife had dominion, and they had authority over the whole earth. When they disobeyed God, and they sinned against God, and they were cast out of the garden, the one who deceived them took that authority from them. Okay? Took the authority of the earth from them, and Jesus called him the God of this earth, small g. Satan, the God, or the one with authority on this earth. That's why things are so messed up, because... The authority behind things is, is the dragon. So it says the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. So there was a mortal wound. It came back to life, and everyone sees it. And it says, they worship the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? I think it's unique that they're saying worship. They are worshiping this person, okay? And the, meat, and the beast was given a mouth to utter haughty and blasphemous words. Do you know what blasphemy is, you guys? It's when you curse God. So he's not going to go after, like, nations. He's not going to curse Spain and curse Portugal and America he's going to curse the god of heaven that's what will come out of his mouth it haughty and blasphemous words and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months and it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against god blaspheming his name and his dwelling that is those who dwell in heaven also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them and authority was given to it over every tribe and people, and language. <clears throat> now, the Bible says if we're taken away in the rapture, okay, the Bible says that there still will be believers on the earth. There will be people who are left behind, okay? It doesn't say that you cannot receive Jesus in the time of tribulation. There'll probably be a lot of people like, what the heck, I was left behind, and, you know, and they received Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. Unfortunately, they miss the first boat out. And so they're going to have to go through tribulation and they're going to have to go through things. Um, But I believe that there will be people still able, as long as they have life, to call on the name of God. So, uh, verse 8, And all who dwell on the earth... We'll worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. Know this, that when you are born again and you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that your name was written in the Lamb's book of life. When you stand before God on Judgment Day, it says he will open the books, and when he sees your name, you'll have entrance into heaven. If he doesn't see your name, you'll be cast out with the unbelieving. And it says here... All who dwell on the earth will worship the beast and the Antichrist, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life, the lamb that was slain. Number two, verse 11. And I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence, and it makes the earth and the inhabitants worship the first beast. Now, this one, there are other references to it, is the false prophet. The second beast is the false prophet that does lying signs and wonders for the beast. Now, here's the deal. If you don't know Jesus, all of this stuff is going to be happening to you. You're going to see this world leader rise up. You're going to be seeing all these lying signs and wonders. And everyone is going to be deceived in this, in this show. It says here, and it makes the earth and the inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of the people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. So the, uh, the false prophet makes an image, okay? So this is, this is the part that I see some technology in. So this is gonna be an image, or I'm not, I'm not gonna try to name exactly what it is, but picture something that's like a, a autonomous being, okay? It's not human, it's not alive. It could be a robot, it could be something. It could be something that speaks on its own. It's called the image of the beast, okay? And it says in verse 15, and it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. And so to me, when when you understand AI technology and the way that it operates on its own and things like that, you could program this thing to monitor everyone in the earth and those who do not worship the image of the beast this image could cause you to be slain, okay? So we're on the teetering edge of this technology where something could be sentient and run on its own, and back in the Bible days, they didn't have that. Uh, Verse 16, this is where it gets interesting. It also causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be marked on their right hand or their forehead, So that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Okay? So, the last thing I'm gonna touch in this scripture is everyone, everyone, great and small, young and old, uh, bond and free, will have a mark on their right hand or their forehead. Without it, you will not be able to buy anything. And more importantly, you can't make money, you can't sell anything either, okay? Total control. Oh, my goodness, this, so, this sounds so far out. Not to me. Sounds like we're inching ever so close to this. We're, see, we're seeing a lot of this stuff unraveled now, okay? <clears throat> Our generation is seeing this. But let me say this, and this is important, guys. Super important. God makes it clear in his word That the mark of the beast is not a good thing like oh you know what i i need to buy and sell go ahead and get me boop boop all right thank you the bible says that is not a good thing and it's very clear and i want to read that scripture to you just in case you're tempted to go ahead and take that when you get really really hungry and you're really really in a bad situation okay Revelation 14 says this, And another angel, a third, followed, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured, full strength into the cup of his anger and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever and they have no rest day and night these worshipers of the beast and its image and whoever receives the mark of its name just don't do it okay do not do that okay because the Bible warns that that is the work of Antichrist, and you do not want to have anything to do with that, okay? Let's, let's say you're in a situation, and, and it is the end of days, okay? And you're here, and they're instituting something where you have to have a mark or this and that. Your thing is you say, I will go hungry. I will never take that. I will, I will fight against this. I'll do whatever I got to do. I am not going to take that. I, I had this thought one day that... That, well, anyways, I won't get into that. But don't do it. Don't do it. So the goal of the Antichrist is going to be control, okay? Everyone will get the mark. Everyone will not be able to buy or sell. It's all about control okay i don't know if we're there yet with total control of population but we saw with our dry run with covid that there was a big attempt to control everyone on a global level so we're like we're seeing these test runs of can we control populations can we do this type of thing and uh, <clears throat> COVID caught me by surprise. I was just like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I thought, you know, maybe terrorism or fear of safety will give up our freedoms. But, oh, a, a virus. Okay, I, you know, people giving up their liberties and stuff because of a virus. I didn't see that one coming, but it, it, had a, it had a big thing. So the Antichrist, the goal of the Antichrist is he has to control everyone, okay? And to me, that starts with money. Okay, it says there that you're not able to buy or sell and um, check this out during the covid lockdown. And and I did not follow this close enough, so my facts might not be uh, exactly on. But when Joe Biden gets in as president, one of the first things he does is he sets a thing that if you do not get the vaccine, you will be punished. And he started to set this thing about companies, if you have 100 people or more, you're gonna get a $5,000 um, per person penalty and like, so they're starting to punish people and to me it's like this control thing, right? So it's like, you, you, if, if you don't get the vaccine, then you'll be punished. Then something will happen to you. And so, so for me, let's talk about the vaccine real quick. I'm not, I'm not a huge anti-vaxxer, pro-vaxxer, this and that. I did not get the vaccine, okay? Thank you for that one hand clap. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Here's why. I'll tell you why. Honest truth, you guys. Tell you why. I never thought it was the antichrist, never this. I never got into that type of stuff. Number one, it takes the Food and Drug Administration minimum of 10 years to clear any drugs through animal trials, human trials, other trials. And you've seen the things like for, you know, do you have a swollen knee syndrome? Well, you can go ahead and take this pill. It may cause diarrhea, blindness, you may die. You you know, and like, what the, where do they, they got that in the trials. They tested that out. So now, so they're pushing a vaccine untested and and it's with a new delivery method, an RNA delivery method that has never been done before. So it's replicating in a way in your cells that has never been done before. So totally experimental. I was just like, I'm gonna wait this one out and see how this turns out because I am not gonna be a guinea pig. That was number one. Number two, I saw once they stopped killing people at the beginning of COVID by wrong treatment, they intubated them, they gave them wrong drugs, things. Once they got that under control, the survival rate was very high during COVID. Once the doctors figured that out, And uh, it wasn't affecting children. It wasn't affecting a lot of people. The vast majority of people recovered with it had natural antibodies and didn't get it again. Everyone who was vaccinated kept on getting COVID over and over and over again. It's like, does the vaccine do anything? And then what we're seeing now, and they're beginning to take ownership with, especially men, they're dropping dead just for, for heart reasons, strange reasons, they, they don't know why, and they're, they're equating it to what's some of the side effects that come with a vaccine that wasn't tested. So for me, I'm just like, I'm waiting this one out. I'm just not having anything to do with this, okay? Nothing to do with this. So. So Joe Biden starts uh, threatening people and saying that, uh, you know, so companies were under pressure. They're like, you need to get vaccinated or you're going to lose your job. And so in our church, there were, um, there were at least four people I know who were threatened of losing their job that I know of. They might have been more, okay? And so some of them worked in the health field and they were like frontline workers when we didn't know anything about COVID and we thought everyone was gonna die because of it. We thought it was a death sentence. And these nurses and stuff were there treating patients on the front lines, risking their lives when we didn't know what this was all about. And now they're threatening, threatening the same nurses you're gonna lose your job unless you get COVID. So these nurses said, I got COVID because I worked here and now I have antibodies what's the vaccine gonna do, give me antibodies? I already have them. And they were like, no, you're gonna lose your source of money. It sounds like the antichrist to me. You're gonna lose your ability to make money. And so I watched them. I said, hmm, let me see what they do. Because if you're gonna fold over money under COVID, when the antichrist comes, you're gonna fold even worse. There's gonna be way more pressure during that time. So number one was uh, Michaela Fisher. She worked in an infectious disease department, and they told her, you're gonna lose your job. And she said, all right, I'll lose my job. And she lost her job. She did not bow. Do you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah. They said, listen, we, we, uh, you'll throw us in the fiery furnace. Go ahead and do that. Our God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow. I got to see some people who actually did that. I was like, yes. Number two was my daughter. She, uh, she worked remotely in the health field, never went into the office, nothing. And she would, she would do uh, background checks on doctors for hiring reasons and things like that. And they said, if you don't get the uh, vaccine, we will fire you. We will take your money away from you. And she's like, number one, I'm never gonna be in the office. I'm never gonna be around anything explain this to me, and they were delusional. No, you must get this. You must get this. (laughs) It's like the spirit of Antichrist in everyone, right? And so they fired her. She did not bow. Right? Uh, Number three, uh, Lisa Bailey. Um, who's, who's a friend of ours, was in, she was an ER nurse that worked remotely. Like you could go in the ER and someone shows up on the screen and they can run tests. Not even around you, she's in our house doing that and they fired her and she did not bow. And then uh, Evie, Evie who works in our uh, cafe. Is Evie here? Evie, you missed it. If you're watching online, this was your moment, girl. I think, God, I, don't, I don't know exactly, I think she was just a bookkeeper, a bookkeeper in a company and they were like, you will lose your source of money unless you get the vaccine and she said no and they fired her. But to me, I saw four people who were threatened just like in the end times, you will not be able to buy or sell unless we do what, do what we say and they said no, I will not bow to your idol of gold and so even though they lost their job, they lost this. To me, I'm like, if the end times happen and Satan breaks out and the Antichrist is, like, killing people, I know what four friends I'm going to hang with in the time. Because we are going down to the end. We are not going to bow our knee. They've already been proven, right? And so, so there's, there's some of you that may have under extreme pressure, like, I'm a fireman, and they told me I have to do this. Listen, just pray and believe, God, that there are no side effects, okay? This is not a condemnation thing. It's just you need to know that the Antichrist is about control. Control. If he can control everything, then the end is here, guys. Then the end is here. And we are, we are very close to this uh, control society, okay? Or we have the technology that will bring us there. So controlling the money. So right now we're seeing something that's very interesting. It's the demise of the U.S. dollar. Right now the U.S. dollar is the world reserve currency. And if you don't know what a reserve currency is, so let's say Portugal makes some trading with um, Japan. They say, how are we going to figure out the money and the exchange rate and what your dollar's worth and what our yen is worth or whatever it is? They say, you know what? Let's use U.S. money. We'll call it the exchange rate. You figure out how much in U.S. dollars I pay you, and we use this as our exchange currency. And the U.S. dollar has been that exchange currency for years. All nations of the earth use it. Little history, you guys, in the 1600s, back when the pilgrims were around, the Dutch... And the Dutch guilder was the reserve currency. They were the rich ones. They did all trading in Dutch guilders throughout the New World. Back in the uh, uh, 1800s, the British pound, the British Empire was, the sun never went down on the British Empire, and the pound was the reserve currency of the world. Everyone traded in pounds, okay? But back in uh, 1944, with the Bretton Woods agreement, the U.S. dollar became the world reserve currency for the world, okay? But we're seeing the erosion of it, not just our um, not just our terrible government and uh, the depreciation of our money and the inflation of our money. Uh, someone said this, if you put $100 in a safe in 1960 and you brought it out today, it'd be worth like $23 of what it was then. You don't even need to like you know, lose your money, it's just depreciating on its own. So the power of the dollar is going away. So right now there's something called the BRICS nation. You may see this in news, B-R-I-C-H-S. That's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And um, they have this thing where they're going to start trading amongst themselves and they're going to create their own currency and they're going to bypass the U.S. dollar as the exchange rate in the world and their goal is to create an electronic currency that they can have between themselves. So people are starting to bypass the United States, to bypass the US dollar, and to create agreements on their own, and digitally, they can begin to do that. Now, one of the ways control has to happen is you gotta get rid of physical money, okay? Does anyone have cash on them? I carry cash on me, right? I'll have it right here, it might be over there. But cash is like, when you pay for something in cash, you can't trace it. When someone gives you cash, you can't trace it. It's, it's, it's old-fashioned exchange of money, okay? I guess they could technically trace it. They could get your ID, they could put a little dye on it and they can trace it, you know, but under very hard conditions. You, money is untraceable, okay? Which means you can't control it. So if I walked into a, a car dealer today and I had $48,000 in cash, I could buy a car they don't know where the money came from. They don't care, they take it, and it's not traceable. But there is a push for electronic funds, the doing away of cash, okay? So, so picture this, you guys. <clears throat> picture this from the purpose of control. If Justin just operates in all digital money now, he has no more cash, and we got rid of it. If I want to turn Justin off, whoop, I can do it, because it's digital. He can't take out some cash and buy a car online, it's all digital, the cash is gone. So there is a big push to do away with physical money and to have it all be electronic money. And this will speed up over the next few years, okay? Does anyone send money to each other with Venmo, Square Cash, things like that? We're all getting used to this idea that money is not a physical thing, it's a digital thing, okay? But pretty soon, the powers that be are gonna make it an only digital thing, okay? Have you guys ever heard of Bitcoin before? <clears throat> so Bitcoin <clears throat> is, um, is digital money, but it is a decentralized money. It's something that's on the blockchain. No government owns it, no country, no oversight regulation. It runs on the blockchain between millions of users, and it's, all, it's, it's semi anonymous, okay? So if you can hide your IP address, no one knows who you are, and you can buy and you can sell, that type of thing. So Bitcoin is electronic money, but this is not the type of money I'm talking about for control. So the US government, the US central bank, I should say, is creating a new currency, you guys, the central bank digital currency, CBDC for the replacement of the dollar. If you go to, if you go to their website, Okay, the central bank website, government-looking website, they say, we are not trying to replace the dollar. Yeah, right. So why do we need it? So they're starting to push a digital dollar, but here's the problem. It will be centralized and controlled by a government. So it's not decentralized money that you can walk around like Bitcoin or cash. It's something that someone can turn you on or turn you off. It's all about control and it's happening in your lifetime. It's happening in your lifetime. Picture this, you go up to the cash register and you pull out all this money and you're counting it and the people at the register are like, really, for real, <sighs> hurry up, go ahead. You know, Where other people are just like, you know, whatever, and you're like, you're, you're trying to pay with your cash and you're getting money out. People, the, 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 the tolerance for cash will be, will be systematically, societally pushed away and everyone, everyone will be on it. But all these things are underway right now. Other nations are following suit. Russia's getting their own digital currency. China's getting their own digital currency. They're setting up the framework for it now so that they can get away and have a cashless society Remember, the word is control. The Antichrist will control what you can buy and what you can sell, and you've got to get rid of cash for that to happen. We are living in a time where they are moving fast. AI technology will aid this greatly. It will speed up the technology to do it. And we are living in a time, guys, whether you know this or not, this is kind of scary. There are, there are test runs in totalitarian countries of control of humans. Right now it's happening in China and it's kind of scary, okay? But this is not new news. It's called China's Social Credit System, okay? Let me read it to you real quick. It's a government program that aims to monitor and evaluate the behavior of its citizens and assign them a social credit score based on their compliance with laws and regulation and as well as their social and financial activities. The government monitors everything you do and gives you a good boy score or a bad boy score, okay? Everything you do is monitored and it's happening now. Number one, data collection. The system collects data from various sources, including government records, financial transactions, social media activity and surveillance cameras. The data is then analyzed using algorithms to determine a person's social credit score. So if you go online and you have a blog and you say something bad about the government, Mm -hmm. your social credit score goes down, okay? So you can't fight against Big Brother because they'll punish you as a result. This is happening today. People live under this today. And the only thing that undergirds this is technology. Unless you have big technology, and AI is going to speed this up considerably. Unless you have technology you can't control at this level. Guess what? You live in the age where we have that technology, all right? So it's being test run in China. Rewards and punishment. Individuals with high scores may be eligible for various rewards, such as easier access to credit, discount on utilities. Faster visa approvals, and those with low scores may face punishments such as travel restrictions, lower credit uh, limits, and public shaming. The blacklist, those who repeatedly violate the laws and regulations or engage in socially undesirable behavior may be added to a blacklist, which can have serious consequences such as difficulty in finding employment, renting an apartment, or getting a loan. Let me tell you this. If this system ever made it to the United States or became globally a global thing, the church would automatically, being part of the Church of Jesus Christ would automatically end you up on a blacklist. Because what the Bible teaches is anti what the Antichrist does. We are against this globalistic, control, antichrist spirit. Amen? So any you know, just even now, the idea of what gender is, is questionable. No, according to the Bible, it's not. Ah, low credit score, and ah, wrong move. So all of these things that are now popping up, you could be punished for them because of control and because of technology and things like that. So, welcome to the end times, guys. Buckle up your seatbelts. We're gonna have a fun ride. But there is hope in this. There's, I, I, you know, I don't want to make you depressed or sad, and and, and that's the part where, like, that's where some Christians, like, they're just like, oh, my goodness, this is so bad, right? To me, to me personally, a couple things. Number one, if you are born again, if you are born again, you have an eternity with Christ in heaven forever and ever and ever. To me, the hope that is set before me lets us endure the hardships that we may face, okay? So, so I'm not gonna have a down day, all right? Because the greater one lives on the inside of me. We're not there yet, per se, or whatever. We know these things are on the horizon. They're, the next 10 years are gonna be a crazy 10 years, potentially, unless massive regulation gets in place. It could be a crazy 10 years. But to me personally, I don't have, I don't have an anti-technology, anti-science view. Because I know just that technology in the wrong hands can be evil, technology in the right hands can be good as well. So there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of it as well. The church is going to be able to leverage a lot of this. And because of a divine, sovereign move of God's spirit, we are going to see the greatest harvest of souls that we have ever seen. The Bible says when you see evil increasing, how much more? does the grace of God increase. So for me, I'm going to be looking at the grace of God, the move of God. I am going to be plugged into what God is doing. I'm not going to sit depressed. Oh my goodness, I wish I wish Jesus would just come right now. No, not really. Like, just give us a little more time. Let us affect some lives. Let us do something for you. Let us have some rewards that we give you when we come to heaven. Amen? So no no depression allowed, you guys. No dep- Oh my, all oh, this technology. It's just like, Go win some souls. So le- let me say this. Let me say this. People's heads are going to be spinning. People who don't know the Lord, their heads are going to be spinning. And you're going to say, look, it says here in the Bible, this was all coming. And they're going to go, what? It's going to be the easiest time to speak to people who have no settling in their hearts, no settling in their souls. They're going to feel lost. They're gonna... During COVID, my wife and I found talking to people about the gospel during COVID when the world turned upside down, was the easiest conversation ever. Everyone was open to spiritual things during COVID. I don't know if we ran into any mean people. None. Everyone was like, yeah, the whole world is upside down. And they just felt just lost, right? During COVID. And they all, everyone was open to spiritual conversations. How much more is this going to be? As we enter into these last times, these last days of increased knowledge on the earth where things are happening. It's gonna be the best opportunity ever to be alive. <clears throat> there are saints in heaven, Paul, um, Peter, them, and they're looking down at us saying, Oh, I wish I was in the end. I wish I was there in the end. This is gonna this is gonna be the time to be alive. And that's how we need to feel as the church. We are the victors, not the victims. We are the head only and not beneath. And because of our co- covenant, we will rise above anything that the Antichrist tries to do in this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. So you don't need to have a depressed outlook on that in any way. I'm going to ask our band to come up. <clears throat> Next week, we're going to talk more. We're going to talk more about the end times, the church and the end times. But um, God has already started to move sovereignly in his, in his church. God is going to bring revival to this world. It's going to be stuff that you can't control as a man. He's just going to come. His presence is going to be here. People are going to hunger. They're going to thirst for, for to know God, and we get to be alive during that time. This is exciting. This is very exciting. Amen? <clears throat> God is good.